Jesus was a rock star. He played to sold-out venues everywhere he went. People screamed and shoved. At one house, they even tore off the roof so a friend could get in. They climbed trees to see him. They waited in the street yelling his name. They came from miles around and waited for days. Sometimes they showed up without thinking about food for their next meal. They cheered and cried. One time they even paved the street in front of him with their coats and with palms. Of course, I'm getting a week ahead of myself, aren't I? They had heard sensational stories about his power to heal, and they wanted to see for themselves. They wanted to catch a glimpse of him, and they wanted to know that he saw them. Whether they needed to be healed or not, they wanted to see the show. The sick wanted him to reach out and simply touch them, and some tried to press in behind him and just put a finger on his robe, if I could just touch his robe. They heard that he had even confronted some of their leaders sometimes, and they thought that seeing some of the self-righteous ones put in their place, well, that might be worth the price of admission. Jesus was a rock star. They could not get enough. They had heard that his teaching was amazing, that he taught as one having authority. They had heard a story about him as a child, a kind of child prodigy, one who one time sat with the best of the scholars of the law in the temple as a child teaching them. They had heard, however, that some of the things he said were strange, that his teaching was powerful, but sometimes, well, like all good teachers, sometimes it was confusing. He told interesting stories, though they didn't always understand their meanings some said it was almost like he spoke in a way in order to confuse them. And they remembered what had been said about the prophet Isaiah hundreds of years before. Make the mind of this people dull and stop their ears and shut their eyes so that they may not look and listen and comprehend and turn and be healed almost like he didn't want them to understand. Sometimes what he said was confusing. But then he said, let anyone with ears listen. And at some point it dawned on them what he meant. If you want to truly understand, we've got to truly listen. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it. And those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. Jesus was a rock star. They could not get enough until they actually heard what he had to say, and when they had understood, they killed him. Two sociologists with an interest in religion in the United States interviewed 3,000 teenagers. This was about a decade ago. And they asked these teenagers what they believed. 
five commonly held ideas kind of rose to the top. Number one, a God exists who created and ordered the world. Number two, God wants people to be nice and fair to each other. Number three, the central goal of life is to be happy, to feel good about yourself. Number four, God doesn't need to be particularly involved unless we need God to resolve a problem for us. Number five, good people go to heaven when they die. When they published a book about this survey, Christian Smith and Melinda Lundquist Denton called this pseudo-religion of these teenagers moral therapeutic deism. Moral therapeutic deism. And in that view, they say God is something like a combination divine butler and cosmic therapist, always on call, taking care of any problems that arise, helping people to feel better about themselves, never becoming too personally involved in the process. Picking up on their study, Kenda Creasy Dean published a book in 2010 that she called Almost Christian, what the faith of our teenagers is telling the American church. We need to hear her challenging words today. She says, the problem does not seem to be that churches are teaching young people badly, but that we're doing an exceedingly good job of teaching youth what we really believe, namely that Christianity is not really a big deal that God requires little of us, and that the church is a helpful social institution filled with nice people. Moral, therapeutic deism. Jesus was a rock star. They could not get enough until they actually heard what he had to say. And when they had understood, they killed him. Do you understand? Those Greeks came to Jesus long ago and they said, we wish to see Jesus. And when they had found him, he started talking about dying, about the cost of discipleship, about living life by giving it all away. Today, the Christian church is all about seeing Jesus too. He's still a rock star. But too often, we see him only through the lens of a uniquely American worldview. He's something like a combination divine butler and cosmic therapist. We wrap him in our American flag. We paint him to look like us, white and male, strong and powerful. We make a macho image of Jesus on the cross painting some kind of Mel Gibson Hollywood portrait, Jesus as the tragic but powerful hero who endures the scourging and death of Roman execution, crucifixion, because he will be the victor in the end. He's like some Rocky Balboa swaggering in contempt. Bring it on, Rome. We take our obsession with power and victory over our enemies our vision of hierarchy, our satisfaction with the way things are, you know, that stubborn, insidious status quo. We take our love of success and comfort, 
militarism and capitalism, nationalism and commercialism. We take all of what our culture has become, the good and the bad, and we ask Jesus to bless it. We make him one of us. And then as an exemplary one of us, the perfect one of us, we raise him up and worship him. Because worshiping is always easier than following someone like Jesus. His calling to love the enemy and to forgive and to forgive and to forgive. His invitation to side with the poor and bring down the rich, that is what it says. His courage to speak truth to power, his aggravating meddling with the way it's always been, his way got him killed. Worshiping is always easier than following Jesus. His way is not even easy to understand especially when it is represented by the dominant culture, his way is harder yet to actually follow. Richard Rohr, who is that Catholic priest who has a large enough following that he's also a rock star in his own right, Richard Rohr says the same thing. It is a minority that ever gets the true and full gospel in any denomination most of us just keep on worshiping Jesus and arguing over the right way to do it. The amazing thing is that Jesus never once says, worship me, whereas he frequently says, follow me. The book called American Jesus is a survey of the many images our culture has imposed onto the Jesus we find in the pages of Scripture the ways we have created him in our own image. In a review of that book, one reader says, one of the most interesting points on the relationship of Americans with Jesus is that while his popularity as a celebrity continues to grow, Bible study continues to decline. What are the factors that have allowed the average person to so effectively separate Jesus from the religious convictions that have always been associated with him in the past? And how have those changes allowed us to come to a point where Jesus is truly a celebrity figure with only minimal traits of divinity? When you seek Jesus, do you just find yourself? He is one of the world's most compelling figures. He has understandably drawn millions to himself. He said, come to me, all you who are, who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. If you have not found comfort in Jesus, you have not found the real Jesus. He said, in the world you face persecution, tribulation, but take courage, I have overcome the world. If you have not been encouraged, have not found courage in Jesus, you have not found the real Jesus. And he said, if you want to be my followers, deny yourself and take up your cross, a way that leads to death, and follow me. 
For those who want to save their life will lose it. Only those who will lose their life for my sake will find it. He said this and many other confounding things, things that are confusing in our culture, in conflict with the very best of who we are. So if Jesus does not challenge you, sometimes offend you, wrinkle your comfort with who you are and what you have, rankle your contentment with the way things are, then you have not met the real Jesus either. Strange though his message may sometimes be harsh and demanding and confronting, the gospel dares to say that the only way to truly find ourselves is in seeking Jesus. Among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks, and they said, we wish to see Jesus. Oh, that we might be among them today. May it be so. Amen.